Education in Daba on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Yes, welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland And as we said earlier, you can also audio stream www.vocfm.co.za If you have any question or comment for us, you can do so uh, by sending it to us via the SMS line That's 47913 Alternatively, via WhatsApp on 072-238-0712. Now, yes, we've had an exciting, uh, alhamdulillah, segment around um, special needs education, uh, particularly superstars in the athletes or the arena of athletics. And as we said, we really want to wish all those learners uh, all everything of uh, the best there, and uh, especially to the birthday girl as well. Uh, she came in to studio sharing her birthday. But moving on to the next segment of the program, uh, an article which caught our eye says, Learners left behind schools for the deaf need specialists. Now this is from an, from an article in the Cape Times where Basic Education Minister Angie Mochecha has revealed startling statistics of learners with disabilities but who have very few specialists attending to their impediments. Now I believe that we, there are only 13 speech therapists, 16 occupational therapists and 5 psychologists for deaf learners across South Africa. Now Yassir, let's start with you very quickly. I mean being an occupational therapist within education uh, just your quick comment before we greet our guest in studio. Shukran, Ridwan. You know, and I'm glad you're asking me this question <clears throat> because being an, an OT at a school, you know, and having a close relationship with the Dominican school, I think for the past five years we have come to understand the plight of our sister schools, if one can say, and the needs across the board. Now, in as much as um, the article says, you know, they have so many, etc., etc., it doesn't even cover a quarter of the needs that take place at our schools for the deaf. And, you know, you, you cannot lump them together and saying, oh, you know, it's an else in school, etc., and so on, read one. The needs are quite high. And, you know, the guest in studio will give a brief overview of if I'm not able to hear what the impacts are. If I was born deaf, if I developed, you know, a hearing impairment as I got older, etc., what the differences are. Now imagine not having an OT there, and speech therapist is very important, but how do I cope with the psychological impact if I could hear and I could no longer hear? So where is that services? Where is the social worker to look at where do I go, where I come from, what are my needs in my community? Because all these things form the basis of me as a child who cannot hear or has a hearing impairment and how do I develop optimally. Now CAPS is the curriculum used across the board. So there is no, oh, you know, learners who have a hearing impairment have a different curriculum. Learners who are at an in school for SMH have a different curriculum. The curriculum is exactly the same. Yet the needs are much higher of all these learners, especially for learners at a school for the deaf. So it becomes very, very tiresome, very frustrating, very um, irritating to educators because they can only do so much. And the auxiliary services are then, you know, priority in the sense of how do we get these learners to actually access the curriculum. It's pointless it's being there and now they face yet another barrier. So we, ha we are understaffed in support services um, and I think the plight of the schools for hard of hearing or deaf if you want to call it have been fighting 
fighting this battle many, many years. But it's always if you don't have the numbers, you can't get the support. Which to my mind, Ridwan, how does that make sense in any measure or any form? Okay, shukran for that introduction, Yasira. So let's get to our guest that we have in the studio, and that is Ms. Lucinda Rutter, who is the principal at the Dominican School for the Deaf. Um, Lucinda, very good evening to you. Good evening. Uh, thanks for taking out for uh, your time, particularly on a Sunday evening, you know, to share a bit more with us. But before we get into the whole topic, you know, how long have you been associated with the Dominican School for the Deaf? I've been at the school for about 35 years. I started as a teacher and um, had a variety of experiences as a teacher, teaching um, in the foundation phase, intermediate, high school, grade 12. The only two areas I did not touch was preschool and the technical field. Okay, uh, so 35 years is a long time and you're still continuing to grow strongly. Definitely, it is definitely a place of learning for myself as well. Okay, now just for our listeners who might not know that the Dominican School for the Deaf is situated in the Witteboomer area, how many educators do you have there and how many kiddies do you have? Well, we have uh, 38 educators mm-hmm. um, of we also have support staff um, two speech therapists audiologists and a occupational therapist and a nurse and then we have a hostel as well so we would have house mothers or and the kitchen cleaners and things like that and they make up about 30 mm-hmm. and then we have some classroom assistants a vital part of the whole education of a child and they are about six, six. okay so obviously we you know we want to look at the whole issue around uh, what the minister for basic education mentioned you know that there is a shortage really of specialists or what yasira refers to as auxiliary services particularly in schools uh, for the deaf that is so true um we have recently just this year had an extra post for a speech therapist which makes a big difference because just to cope with speech therapy and the audiology side of it somebody needs to take care of the hearing aid somebody needs to make sure that the child is wearing the hearing aid and um, the also the article also alludes to only having 3700 hearing aids mm-hmm. that is so true Half our children don't have hearing aids because that in itself is a battle. So the audiologist has a big um, backlog of trying to get hearing aids and sometimes that's not so easy. A lot of things revolve around money. Mm. Money, money for posts, money for hearing aids. So it's, it's a complex situation. Um, the school... If let me just go back, I've come a long way with my 35 years, mm-hmm. and I've almost seen how education has changed. One of the things in the late 80s and early 90s, we had at our school a speech therapist, three of them, an audio, uh, um, occupational therapist, one, a physiotherapist, two educational psychologists, two nurses, mm-hmm. and then with change and uh, retrenchments and reshuffling of education, we were reduced to one speech 
therapist mm-hmm. and one nurse. Can I ask you a serious comment quickly? But I do want to share with the listeners that Ms. Um, Rata says she's been in education for 35 years. I want to say that she doesn't look a day over 35, <laughs> though. Uh, that is just to our listeners. Yes, Sira, a quick comment from your side or question? <laughs> I think I'm going to comment. I think I met Cindy about five years ago and you know as resources go as um you know sharing best practice goes within our field we know you know that these needs across the board at our special schools and so i formed a relationship with the dominican school and i would go there on a friday and we would exchange services Mm. so my children got to use the lovely equipment which we do not have we don't have that resources at our school all the space all the infrastructure because it wasn't built as a school um, Oceanville Alsin and then I, I had the pleasure it was an absolute pleasure of being the OT at the Dominican school mm. and I worked primarily in the foundation phase I worked with your sports um, educator mm. and we looked at you know the wonderful ways that they actually get the children to move because if I can't hear I can't follow instructions if I'm not looking at you but I think I learned so much you know the signs red the signs gray and so in as much as you know we know that there is a great need the fact that we could share resources you know was a wonderful achievement for both schools and it, it made us grow and learn mm-hmm. together a lot of training I did with the educators mm-hmm. I think I must still come back for the, for the second part which we will do soon but the most important part was that we fought the battle together and um, I think you know that progress only from having the one speech therapist mm-hmm. there the school over you know a strong motivation to the department and the lack of having an occupational therapist you now have one mm-hmm. and an extra speech therapist now that in itself will speed up therapy for those children across the board but another amazing um, aspect at the school is you can actually book to have your hair done at mm-hmm. a certain time that's how skilled these children are and nobody gets to hear I was just going to be concerned <laughs> I thought they have some salon going but you're saying it's the kids that do the kids things. do it so you book an appointment and they were always so fascinated you know they would ask me when am I going to come can they color my hair wash it etc so they do amazing things but we never get to see you know what, what these children do because it's always clouded under the fact that um, special needs school must just make and do with what um, they have and so what we are saying effectively is the reason that we are inclusive you know and special needs are going to go out the window now with the new CS policy why we are inclusive you know and around the big six is that we need to include these learners in everything but we have the policy we don't have the resources to make the policy work mm. nor do we have the infrastructure and nor do we have the funding so at the end of the day the schools unfortunately actually become the barrier to learning. Mm-hmm. Shukran for your comment, Yasira. Ms. <coughs> uh, anything that you want to add to what Yasira said? Maybe a comment to what she had said. No, no, she's very right in saying that uh, we forged a very good relationship. And I think with the exposure that she brought, we could uh, motivate for an occupational therapist. Because it, it, with a bit of research, you realize that you can't do sign language if you're perceptually impaired, if that is the word that you would use, mm-hmm. because you are moving your hands in space mm-hmm. with the, in relation to your body. So if you are not in tune with your body and how you perceive your world, how are you going to move your hands in space? So with that motivation, 
um, and and a lot of where our children are coming from yeah. that some of these children are disabled as a result of drugs as a result of alcohol or, or just something that went wrong during the pregnancy so they have an unfortunate start to yeah. life mm -hmm. so if we do not intervene as early as possible then the rest of their life is complicated even more with this problem and being deaf. Can I just ask, what are the age groups of the learners at your school? Because, I mean, we're just saying it's the Dominican school for the deaf. Mm. They don't have like primary or high school like we normally call them. Or, or do you have it that way? And how, how does it work? Okay. Shame. It, it's very unfortunate <laughs> for children when they arrive at three and they leave at maybe 19 or 20 in one, on one campus. Okay. Because... Um, you start at the age of three or four because mm -hmm. you come with no language or very little language. Then you're in the preschool and you go to grade R. Then we have a foundation phase, which is one to three. Okay. Then an intermediate, four to six, and then a senior, seven, uh, seven to nine, and now we have FET 10, 11, and 12. Mm. And so then we have all of this on, on one campus? Yes, it stretches. There are various buildings. We have about four buildings, yeah. <laughs> and we also have a technical section, mm -hmm. which when Yasira was referring to the hair and the salon, we do have a hairdresser. And on a Friday, we have clients coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go for a quick... Welcome back then to the concluding segment of the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. A very big shukran to put Rashad, our technician, that side of the microphone. Now, if you have just joined us, we've got about eight or so minutes left. Uh, where we are joined in studio by Miss Lucinda Rutter, who is the principal at the Dominican School for the Deaf. And we're speaking about specifically an article which caught our eye. It says, learners left behind schools for the deaf need specialists now uh, Ms. Rata, I yes you're calling you Cindy I'll go with Ms. Rata, Lucinda um, it, I mean I think off air we spoke about quite a number of things that you maybe want to share with our listeners yes um, the focus so far has been the occupational therapist and the audiologist and speech therapist but deaf learners need other kind of services a social worker um, often children have conflicting emotions with their parents parent they come and say parents don't speak to us parents can't sign and so there is a barrier and you need to break down that and so we have once a week from DEFSA they've been very kind for a social worker to come to us on a Wednesday okay. which is only for three hours but it's really too little time to deal with the problems mm -hmm. to get groups going to deal with anger and aggression or just to speak about certain things that's one the other one is deaf children are no different to any other child mm. especially a teenager going through the hormonal things and just having being annoyed or angry so they also need counselors mm -hmm. and um, we've been fortunate on a monday and on a wednesday where a hope house comes um there's also a, a psychologist who comes from victoria hospital but those are people mm. who have been sourced by the nurse okay and so other deaf schools need not have that but mm -hmm. we are fortunate to to, to have that and, and it's a much needed area. And I don't think only in special schools, I think in every school. And yet, in the 90s, we had a social worker, full-time, mm -hmm. who dealt with the problems. When they see deaf, if it goes to the department and they see deaf, 
I don't think they deal with it immediately because they are overwhelmed with how do you deal with how do you deal with deaf parents who has a de- has a deaf child exactly. mm. you know they're not a lot of them but they also have a a lot of issues to deal with in mainstream mm. so we fall under that and I'm sure and I cannot vouch for it that we might go to the bottom of the pile mm-hmm. I also think that um, we have FET or any area specialists in their field of the subject mm-hmm. so while they are learning sign language our children are going be- getting behind with the content the teacher might know the content but there's no provision for a sign language interpreter for that period while a teacher learns the signs because nobody out there just willingly learns sign language so just if, if i get you correctly so let's say home economics if that would be one of the subjects that you have um, i'm a specialist in home economics but i come and teach uh, the deaf children but now whilst i'm learning uh, the the sign language or to communicate with the learners the learners are now lagging behind in terms of the actual subject is that what you're saying yes but i must say it's called consumer studies now. okay Yes. Okay. And so that is what will happen. And so I I always think that in the meantime while you have the teaching going on that for that 3 months or 6 months while the person become familiar with the language that you have an interpreter so that the content is passed on that the child has access mm. to the information in a very positive way. Mm. Rather than, okay, here's a sign and there's a sign and not every deaf child can read well, so no matter how many PowerPoints mm-hmm. I have, it's not going to always work. A quick comment from your side, Yashira? I should try and read one. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, um, the unfortunate part was is that circumstances around, you know, me being at the school changed um, and that was one unfortunate aspect. But you are so correct in saying that and, I mean, I witnessed that at the school time and time again and these children are eager to learn and they're eager to want to know what's going on so that they can become dependent and self-sufficient and you know somehow there is miscommunications and somehow it is very difficult even if you look at the other Dominican school um, out in Hout Bay you know they have their own set of issues which is totally different to yours the one Mm. in Worcester has their own issues Mm. even though they are the pilot school for the new sign and you Mm. know all these kinds of things all three schools which is the only three schools that we have in the entire Western Cape come with their own challenges and somehow those challenges are oncoming for more than 10 years and nothing has been done so you know from my side in, in as dreary as that sounds Cindy you've made a huge difference to the school um, in the time that you've been there you know looking at how to resource different kind of resources to enable the children and I, I do see them growing and I do see them going from strength to strength but if there is people out there who knows about people who are volunteering just to interpret you know for the time being or bring some kind of service you know the plea is there you know. Shukran for that yes <coughs> so, um, so um, uh, I was gonna say Cindy now Mastrata thanks for your time any concluding remarks words of motivation encouragement that you want to share with our listeners well I just think that 
the community out there is very positive. A lot of people volunteer their services. Maybe not necessarily in the specialist field, but there's always a need. Mm. We've had retired teachers come back to help in the library. We've had a retired teacher who learned sign language and came to help in, with maths in a class. And she was more than 70 years old. So, so there are people out there who are willing to, to help us. Well, thanks very much once again. That's Miss Lucinda Ratter, the principal at the Dominican School for the day for your time and sharing with us. I know time has really just flown by. Maybe we must look at a follow-up uh, program on yeah. this one. Well, shukran for that. Yes, uh, Miss uh, Miss Lucinda Ratter, once again, thanks very much. I think we're going to have to do a follow-up program with you. Thanks very much once again and a very good evening to you. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure. So from myself, Ridwan Ahmed and the Donors. Until next time, inshallah, we'll bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.